0: Welcome back to The Hardcore Therapist, where we explore topics related to mental health and personal growth. I'm your host, Sarah, and today we have an important discussion ahead. We want to emphasize right from the start that this podcast episode does not replace the need for professional therapy. It is crucial to acknowledge that while self-help and self-improvement tools can be valuable, they are not a substitute for therapy when needed. Hey, everyone, it's Sarah, and I actually did something super cool last weekend. I was, um, asked to speak at a, um, st- like student athlete for females. Like this is called empowered her in Birmingham schools, which was the district I used to teach at. And I was really honored to be able to come and talk. Originally I was going to be talking about, um, like mindfulness meditation and yoga, which was cool. But, um, Kind of last minute, there was a a shift and they needed me to work on talking about intuitive eating and talking about how to work with athletes. And I got a ton of questions from these girls and it sparked some interesting conversations, so that I could talk about what what I wanted to talk about on the podcast today. So I know that I've had, um, if you've listened to past episodes, I've talked about having some body image issues and kind of struggling with that. I'm probably struggling a little bit with that idea of like having disordered eating. And so I want to kind of delve into that a little bit more and talk a little bit more about what I do with intuitive eating and how I've been helping clients. So on top of being a um, licensed therapist, I also am a certified um, intuitive eating counselor and um, I'm certified in um, eating disorders to work with clients with eating disorders. So I have a, a pretty vast knowledge of, um, working with food exercise, um, and like maladaptive coping mechanisms in that way. And so I was happy to talk about this with the teen girls, because I think this is where, for me, it really like took a, a kind of a nasty turn, um, with you know starting diets and having like a, a a big diet mentality and um i don't know if any of my listeners are interested in knowing more i'm i'm really happy to talk about it i'm actually working on a group course uh specifically about shame and um and food issues so if anyone's interested in that well, let's talk about it so um but right now i'm going to talk about what intuitive eating is and how it's not a diet and how i talked about it with these girls and what um you know, what maybe you would want to know, maybe moving forward, if it's something you're interested in. So I was lucky enough to do my, um, all my training and supervision in intuitive eating counseling with the people who created intuitive eating, which were two dietitians. And, um, there's books everywhere. People, I feel like have a pretty, they've heard of this before. <laughs> you can watch TikToks and, and stuff where there's definitely dietitians who talk about it. Um, but I want to talk about it a little bit, um, about a mental health approach, but I'm, I'm going to explain what it is. So it's intuitive eating is an approach in nutrition, um, that encourages people to trust their body signals and listen to their internal cues regarding hunger and fullness and satisfaction. Oftentimes we kind of turn that off and don't believe our intuition. And I have worked with a lot of clients who really struggle with understanding when their their hunger cues are and what they are and, and they can be different. So I wanna talk about that. Um, within eating intuitively, it's a, a much more healthy relationship with food and it promotes mindfulness, self-awareness and using non-restrictive uh, dieting approaches. And I don't mean dieting as like being on a diet, I mean by eating. <laughs> So um, I'm going to talk about the key principles and then I'm going to go more into the mental health aspect. Um, This is one of these talks I would love to talk about with with other people. Um, I do actually have someone who I used to know from like the wellness industry that I'm hoping to get on the podcast um, to talk about um, some rejecting diet mentality. So I'd be super excited to talk to um, him about that. If if that can happen, it'll probably be in the next few months. So the key principles of intuitive eating include it, to reject the diet mentality. So it's about stopping that restrictive eating. So someone like me and a lot of people who yo-yo diet um, and I think it is like a product of the 90s, right? Like or 80s. I mean, just diet culture, like diet culture got really big in the 80s, the 90s and um, restricting was like kind of a, a badge of honor, right? And so oftentimes what people do is they'll restrict, um, to, you know, their food and to lose weight, but it leads to like the cycle of, of deprivation and then overeating. And, and I think that that is, is a pretty common thing with people who are chronic dieters. The other thing um, with a key principle is honoring your hunger. So knowing when you're hungry, recognizing it. I give um, any of my clients who um, have disordered eating, not an eating disorder, but disordered eating. And I'll, I'll talk about why in a minute. Um, I give them a scale about understanding their, their hunger cues. And um, if anyone's interested in it, you know, you can message me on Instagram or um, email me. And I am more than happy to, to share that with you. Um, So like understanding when you're naturally feeling hunger, but also understanding like, you know, what they are. So like, for instance, for me, like, I don't feel hungry very often. <laughs> I feel hungry in the morning and that's usually about it. Other, or I'm like ravenous, like all of a sudden at night because I haven't eaten properly, but I have other hunger cues where I'm a little um, brain foggy. I, um, will have issues with like headaches, um, uh, short temper. I I don't really think I have much of a short temper, but that does happen. So your hunger cues might not be this physical feeling that you would feel in your body. So honoring those and understanding those. Another thing is like kind of making peace with food. I was actually working with a client today who was talking about dieting and, um, I actually made her list all the food that she actually loves and food that she likes. And not one of them would be what you would consider um, as I air quote here, uh, diet foods, right? Like she love. I mean, I mean, she loves fruits and vegetables, right. But like, she doesn't really like meat and she doesn't really like yogurt or cottage cheese. And she has been like kind of choking that down. And so what I suggested to her is to stop labeling foods as good or bad and to, you know, have a, have a better relationship with your food. So like if you want a donut, have a donut, don't have 12 donuts because you're going to feel sick, but having that. And when you learn to eat intuitively, it's very helpful um, to, to be able to not uh, binge on food anymore. Um, the next thing is called challenger, the food police, which I, I love that because it's kind of hilarious because I always think of the fashion police, but I don't know. It's what comes to mind here is it's, it involves a challenge using those external roles and judgments around food and body images. So, you know, I believe that people should exercise health at every size. That's an exercise program, you know, honoring people at any size to exercise. I also think, um, you know, promoting more self-compassion and, and rejecting that negative self-talk. So, you know, when I'm labeling foods as good or bad or someone else else's, you know, I'm become like the full police. I'm like, that is so bad. No, it's not. It's, fu- it's food, right? I almost swore. Sorry. Um, it's food. It's just food. And I know, like I talked about it with my episode with Josh um, from last week, you know, like I was talking about Reese's peanut butter cups. The problem with me eating those Reese's peanut butter cups, as I explained in that episode, was I wasn't using discernment. But then I judged myself after I ate them, but I didn't feel good because I didn't even taste them. So I have to be I have to be careful to be mindful of when I eat, and I I do use mindful practices, and you know you know put my fork down in between bites and have conversations, and you know try to enjoy my food in that way. Uh, another one is um, d- feel your fullness. Right. So making sure that you're feeling full and understanding, you know, when you're full and like when you need to stop eating. So I find that for me, eating slower is really helpful. Um, I definitely have people who are really fast eaters that I eat with. And sometimes it stresses me out, like I need to compete with them. And that's me. Um, so I just wanted to be honest with that, that like, if you slow down and actually feel when you're full or like you eat, what you think is an appropriate amount for you of food, you know, waiting a little bit of time to see, uh, see if you're actually full before you, you eat more. Um, another one is discovering the satisfaction factor. So finding pleasure in food and choosing foods that bring you satisfaction. Like I was saying about this last client, like. She doesn't like cottage cheese. Don't eat it. You know, I I was talking to, um, I'm working with a dietitian right now. Um, I'm having some digestional issues. I'm sure it's from chronic dieting. If I'm going to be clearly, I'm going to be honest about all that. Um, And I said something, I can't remember. Oh, we were talking about fermented food and how like all these people are like, fermented food's so good for you. It's so good for your gut biome. I just said butt, but I meant gut biome and all this stuff. And I freaking hate Fermented foods. Like I hate pickles. I hate sauerkraut. I do not like kimchi. I just don't like it. I'm not going to eat it. There's no satisfaction in it, no matter how good it is for me. So knowing what those things are, and 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 making sure you're eating foods that are satisfying to you, you're less likely to eat, um, overeat it. I um I talk about um I've talked about this before with some of my clients, and I just want to put it out there, like I cheese. I love cheese. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite foods. Um I find when I get really good high quality cheese, I eat less of it and really enjoy it so much more than when I um get cheese like from the grocery store. So like and I, and this might sound very privileged, so I apologize because I can sometimes go buy, you know, raw cheeses at the farmers market or I get a himsa cheese which is like from sacred cows, it just tastes better and different. And so I'm going to really be more interested in eating those kind of things and things that um, don't, don't satisfy me as much. Another um, aspect of intuitive eating is coping with emotions without using food, which is so difficult. Woo! I mean, I struggle with this. I have a lot of clients who struggle with this. Most Americans struggle with this. So instead of using your food as a coping mechanism, like trying to address emotional needs directly. So I think I, t- again, I talked about that with Josh's episode, but I mean, I'll talk about it. I may, my next episode that's coming out too. I think I actually talked about that. Um, yeah, like using, using food as a coping mechanism is never going to be good except for hunger. So, um, you know, using different things. So if I'm sad, I'll make sure that I am doing something that's going to make me happy. So, like exercise is the thing that makes me happiness. I love being at the gym. um going for a walk, air, fresh air, talking to a friend. Anything that's going to be better than using food to cope with emotions is going to be helpful. And then just respecting your body, right? So, you know, intuitive eating promotes body acceptance and appreciation. Like everyone's bodies are going to be different. You know, I have a kid who is almost six five, and he is on the thinner side. I have, you know, I, I myself, you know, I tend to carry more weight. Like I'm, like I, I can carry more weight pretty easily. Like I gain weight quickly. But knowing that like when we're trying to focus on squeezing ourselves into a body that is not meant for us is part of the problem with diet culture. So um, it's not a weight loss program. It's not pursuing a specific body weight or shape. It's prioritizing your health and well-being. It's it's a holistic approach. Um, So I just wanted to kind of put it out there. When it comes to your mental health and intuitive eating, I don't think people think enough about, um, about like mindset and, um, performance and seeking, seeking professional help when needed, right? So practicing mindfulness and awareness at meals is something that I really try to work on more and more. So I understand when I'm hungry and full, I also really like to crowd in. And I, I mean, I like healthy foods, so I want to be very clear about that. Like, I want to crowd in more foods that are better for my body and what I need for digestion and what I need for, um, like that doesn't affect my stomach in a negative way. So being aware of that. So I practice mindfulness. I pray before I eat. I mindfully eat. Um, I also like something that I talk about with mental health is being able to self reflect. I can't talk, sorry. Self-reflect on emotional triggers from, from unhealthy eating habits. I use an example of, um, getting triggered and, um, automatically like wanting to grab chocolate is like one of my things I do. Knowing that, understanding that and trying to understand why before I act on it is going to be really helpful. Will I still maybe eat chocolate chips? It's totally possible, but at least I'm being more uh, self-reflective and I understand what those emotional triggers are. Understanding that this is gradual and a patient approach instead of something fast, which a lot of people are looking for when they're dieting, so I think that's something else to think about. Um, you know, I'm I'm always trying to get clients when working about with food, including eating disorders, is like kind of making peace with food and understanding that role of guilt and shame um, in our mental health and our eating habits. So if it's restricting or if it's binging or if it's making yourself sick in some sort of way, what is that role of guilt and shame and how Can you overcome that so that that food does not become that maladaptive trigger for you? Um, And encouraging acceptance to enjoy a variety of food like that is okay. Um, So those are some things that I think about. I think it's important to, you know, do self-care for mental health, well-being when it comes to intuitive eating. I think it's important to eat food that you actually like. It's like so important. And and that is that is it. And I I mean, I would love to continue talking about this topic and talk more to people about um this. And you know, I you know, if you ever have questions about it, please DM me. So if you ever want to get a hold of me, I'm really easy to get a hold of and I'm good at answering DMs on my Instagram. It's the Hardcore Therapist. You can email me at the Hardcore Therapist at gmail.com. And um, you can check out my website, thehardcoretherapist.com. There is merchandise on my website. All merchandise, all proceeds go to uninsured and underinsured people to help them afford mental health care. Um, My next guest that will be on... Oh, my next episode that's coming out is Lenny Adams from Earth Mover. I'm so excited about that. It was such a great talk. And after that will be Kate 08 from 108. She's amazing and I'm excited and she's cool. And I'm so happy that she's willing to talk to me. And I have some other great episodes coming up. Like I don't want to spoil it all. So those are some of the people. If you need anything, just let me know. Thanks from the hardcore therapist.